Um, I'm excited about today. This is a, an interesting day. We're actually, uh, uh, we're not in the book of Ephesians today. We're taking a single week break. And for me, this is an incredibly amazing day. For me, it's, it's pivotal in, in a huge way for what's happening here at Rev. And I hope, uh, I hope that you guys are excited as well as being a part of this. Uh, for me, this is one of those, one of those days where I kind of hoped and dreamed and, and, and desired immensely, and we actually kind of see it come to fruition. So most of us don't know this necessarily, but December 8th was the fifth year of us meeting on Sundays. So we, we have made it five years, praise God for what he's done in this time. And that is, that's a thing to celebrate now. Some of you are like, wait, I thought Super Bowl Sunday was when we launched. The December was the team that was kind of moving forward to start this church. Public was in February. Dates are weird, I get it. Churches love to, to recognize them. But a couple things that are really huge about five years in, in, in church planting. So a couple things that, that they, whoever the they is, the authors, the people that are the experts in church planting, they say a few things. One, they say if the church has, has made it to five years, the, the likelihood of it existing for a very long time is very, very good. So praise God that we have a statistic that doesn't really matter because he's in control anyways. But um, <laughs> the second thing that they say, which is, which is, again, this is the they, is that by five years, you should hope to have established an internal elder um, board, an internal elder uh, team that could start leading the church. And I get to say with so much excitement that today is the day we are, um, we are laying our hands on three other individuals to be elders. And so you guys are going to take part in that. So that's what we're going to pause today to talk about. And so I'm going to read from you, uh, read from Timothy real quickly, because I understand that some of you are like, elders, neat, what's that mean? I'm not really sure. And honestly, if you look at just the amount of denominations and styles and, and, and practices of the Christian church as a whole, this is kind of one of those really interesting things. Well, what does it mean and, and what does it look like? And so instead of spending an in-depth study on elders, I wanted to kind of read the qualifications for it and then talk about a few things on how that plays out practically here. Uh, we believe wholeheartedly that this, everything that we're doing is steeped in Scripture. If it wasn't, we wouldn't want to do it, and we wouldn't do it. So that's why we're doing this today. So 1 Timothy 3 is one of the areas you see the qualifications for elders. You also see it um, in 1 Timothy 5, Titus 1, 1 Peter um, 5. You get a, a number of different mentions of elders. And one of the things that the Apostle Paul did on most of his missionary journeys was appoint elders. We see him doing that over and over and over again, that, that the church that the church that is Christ is the head needs leadership, needs, needs direction, needs people that are in place to, to make decisions and do that. So that's where we're at. Well, 1 Timothy 3 says, speaking of a qualification for an elder pastor, that word is used fairly synonymously in the New Testament or overseer. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, elder, pastor, he, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if, if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. And so I have to be really, really honest. When I read that, um, I start to, to clam up and go, whoa, I'm, I'm not sure I'm qualified. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> like that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy, heavy load to speak at. And I want to just clearly kind of say it this way. First off, um, both me and the, and the individuals we're putting up today, 
they're not perfect. Let me just, let me just I, I know sometimes you think that maybe I am. I hope you don't. But we're, we're not perfect. In fact, these characteristics, if, if we were perfect, I think we would probably be in sin because First John says if we're without sin, we, we lie. So, so either way, if we claim pride or arrogance about this position, then, then it's, not, it's not the right thing. These, these characteristics are laid out, and, and the way that I've heard it best explained is, are you characterized by this? Not uh, do you have, do I have moments where, where I'm, I exacerbate my children? Absolutely. Am I characterized by that? Well, then that's an issue. If I'm characterized in, in gentleness, then that's, that's fantastic. Are there times I'm harsh? Oh, my goodness, yes. There are definitely times I'm harsh. Ask my wife. No, don't do that, actually. No. So it's, it's, are, we, are we characterized by these things? And, and the benefit, and I'll say this to now, and I'll say this at the end as well, the benefit is, is this done well? And, and I'll, I'll admit, like, I've seen it done really poorly, and not in some, we're doing it right, but my prayer is that if this is done well, the, the, the church is meant to thrive. And when, when, when elders see not only the role as, as an honor, but also as an absolutely daunting task, and they approach it in humility, and when the church comes around those elders, not just to um, see if they're going to mess up or expecting when they're going to lord it over them, but instead this mutual, beautiful submission to Christ plays out, I'm telling you right now, it is an absolutely beautiful thing for the bride of Christ. And that's the goal. So because that's the goal, that's what we're going to strive for. So the, the individuals that we're putting up here, we believe, are characterized by these traits. They've been vetted. There's been a, a good amount of time with them as well. Uh, elders here, just I want to kind of, this is kind of infrastructure. Elders here, they have, so the, these four individuals have unanimous right to fire me if they want to. So if they decide that they don't like me anymore, they can get rid of me unanimously. So it's not me being the strongest person here, and I have these little yes people that will just kind of do what I want them to do. No, we're equals. And so these elders will, their, their role is not just to make decisions for the organizational side of things, staffing and budget and, and all the other things that we do around here. What are we going to make choices for this or, or when this money goes here? Or who are we going to give to? All those things. It's, it's to be praying for you guys. It's to, be, it's to be steeped and on their hands and knees before the Lord in prayer for you guys. So when you send in those prayer requests, these are individuals that are going to be praying for those. They're also meant to be a resource of people that, would, that you can look at and say, I, I'm struggling with this. Would you help me with this? Again, they're not perfect. They're messed up too. They're, they're broken in need of God's grace on a daily basis like all of us. But as they practice taking up their cross daily and, and following the Lord, as you should as well, those that surrender to Christ, this can be a really beautiful thing. So they're here to help, um, help organize things. They're here for spiritual formation. They're here to pray for you guys they, and, and to pray for healing, to, to add guidance. Uh, they actually will be a part of a lot of and almost all of the decisions that happen at the church. There are things that the elders allow the staff to just kind of make decisions, but all decisions are held to um, each of these individuals giving an account for it. So now as, and this is why I make a big deal about our owner class or becoming an owner of the church, is because I believe wholeheartedly that if this is your church home, and you, you claim that this is where your covenant and relationship with us, whether it's, it's here or another church, but if you're here, then I'm, I'm to give an account on how you are to be led. Like before the Lord, I don't know what that plays out. I don't know how that looks up. If I'm going to sit before the Lord, he's going to say, let's talk about your wife, Brent. And then he's going to lay out all these different things. I don't think it'll be shameful. But there is, the, the scriptures tell me that I'm to give an account for that. These men now, what they're doing is they are standing in and, and bearing the weight with me. And I can't tell you guys how, how amazing that feels. 
I'm wearing purple, so I'm going to cry probably. But <laughs> like it is, it is um, there is nothing harder to believe, harder to wrestle with, with the fact that you are going to give an account to how people are led. And there's nothing like seeing the growth that God has given us and feeling, I'm inadequate. I need help. And so these guys are my help. And praise Jesus for that. Praise Jesus, because we're not meant to do this alone. So, enough with the tears, Bren. <laughs> um, I'm very excited about these guys. Um, and I'm going to give you guys, we're going to do an opportunity, instead of just telling you about them, we're going to actually uh, bring these guys up. So go ahead and come on up, guys. And we're going to ask them some questions, some personal questions. Uh, the, the elders have come up, Mike and I have come up with some questions for them, so you can get to know them a little bit. And then what I'm really, really, really excited about is we're going to spend some time as a church community praying for them and their families as well. So, so Mike, I'm going to give you this one. This is Mike. He is the other elder right now, so him and I, solo, going at it. Um, and, yeah, please, I'm going to stand. And so this is John, Danny, and Brian, and that's Mike over there. And so these are the three guys that are on the hot seat right now, so we're going to ask them questions, and we're going to start with Brian. So I'm going to pass this mic to Brian real quick. Brian, I'm glad you could make it today. Thank you. I've never done this thing. I'm trying to figure out like, how to, <laughs> sorry. Um, I've seen this overwhelming desire in you to see not only people come to know the Lord, but to grow in the Lord. And so I guess my question for you personally is, how, how do you see this, this position, this role, this calling as, as a way to see that come more fruition in other individuals well Christ in Matthew 18 talks about the parable of the lost sheep I know what that feels like to be one of those lost sheep and there's Christ's work through through relationships and there's actually some people in this room who years ago when Christ planted that seed he worked through these relationships to kind of tend that soil and to fertilize that soil and to water it and brought me back into the herd. Mm -hmm. So I, I have this desire to reach out to those lost sheep like we're commanded to. Not only those that are outside the herd, but there's some folks out there that feel lost even though they're they're putting up that facade that they belong within mm -hmm. the herd and I mean that's how he's been working in my heart for years yeah, and I, I love that you're relentless about it he yeah. always is asking what does this mean for the unbeliever what how can we see these struggles whenever we're having to pray through an individual that's wrestling or struggling how can we disciple them into a healthier spot and so I'm super excited about Brian playing that role and being that voice um, Danny, I'm going to ask you this question, and only because you were the one that was most vocal about this, so that's why I'm going I'm to ask you this. Um, one of your hesitations about being elder when this was approached you many, many, many months ago was your age. You said, I don't know if I feel old enough to do that. Like, my preconceived notion, I think you remember at one point, was like a lot of gray hair, not just a gray beard like mm -hmm. I have, but like a lot of gray hair and a lot of wisdom, kind of more like Brian, really, like if you look at it, right? <laughs> so... <coughs> um, what is it that God did for you to not only affirm the calling in you, but got you past the, okay, maybe I feel like I'm a little bit younger than, than I thought an elder should be? Um, you know, I think that, you know, we look at the scripture that was put up there today. Um, it talks about the, that you have a desire. Um, elsewhere in Titus, it says that you have to be 
um, appointed. Um, and then there's the qualifications. There's this whole list of qualifications. And as I was thinking through, like, as I think about this, this particular aspect, and, and among all the others, the qualifications, I think that my end, my end result to that has to be that I have to submit to these guys. I have to say, you know what, these guys are put into my life, and so any qualification that's listed up there, um, be it age, be it um, you know, your family's in order, um, any one of these things, I have to submit my life not only to them but also to to my mentors and to say that you know please discern this in me if this is not of the lord then then point it out and if i don't submit to that then then call me out so um, i think that's really at the end i had to just submit to say that these guys um know they know what god's put on their heart yeah, we all emphatically believe you have wisdom well beyond your years. So we were kind of, yeah, okay, Dan, that's great. I appreciate the hesitation, but no, like we see this in you. And so I'm really grateful for that. Thank you. John, on to you now. Yeah, I remember my question for you. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you've had not only education um, in, and, and pastoral ministry, so you've had experience in the vocation of this position and working in a church and the education to support it. And one of the things that you've said to me since you've showed up to Rev almost three years ago now, four years ago? been a while I can't remember um, was I just want to serve I just want to serve the church I don't want a position I don't want a title I just want to be here to serve H how do you feel like God finally affirmed in you that this is the role that you could take in that with that mindset well I think what I actually said was I want to find some unlucky schmuck who God called to be pastor. yeah yeah there you go yeah there you go that's I think that was more of it yeah um, you looked at me I'm like you'll do <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you just, you serve where you are. Um, God is, God is God now. And, and so where you are now is where, where you serve. And so whether that's um, folding up a, a chair or holding a fussy baby or um, picking up trash, w whatever it is, um, you just be where you are and you serve. That's our vocation as, as believers in Christ. And, um, you know, this is where we are. And um, the, the Spirit's opened up. This is, this is where he's, he's pushing and pulling with, with much hesitation. And, um, but it, it doesn't really matter because this is where we are. And so this is where we serve. And that's for me, that's for, for Danny, Brian, all of you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Danny, as you move into this position, because essentially we're going to, you know, lay on, which he's been emphatic. We've been trying to, like, use the term elder, and he's like, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> he's been like, it's not yet. We haven't laid on the hands. We haven't prayed yet, so it's not today, even though it was Friday a couple days ago. Come on now. Um, Anyways, as, as you move into this position to serve as elder or shepherd, where do, you, um, where do you see Rev kind of in the months and years ahead? Like what's kind of a vision you see for them or desire to see? What God's been putting on my heart recently, well, for the past while now, has been discipleship. Um, and I know that that's a huge word, and I think sometimes we, um, we, we water that down 
but truly what I want to see for Rev is I want to see um, in my own life as well, I want to see that I have, um, and hopefully I don't over, I, I, I just go, you're got good, time maybe, but like that I, I think you need to have three people, at least three people in your life. You need to have a Paul, you need to have a Barnabas, and you need to have a Timothy in your life. And what I mean by that is that you need to have somebody who is ahead of you, who's pouring into you, who's leading you, who's guiding you, who's helping you know whether or not you're doing what God's called you to do. You need to have a Barnabas who you've locked arms with, who you are going through together, and you're saying, man, we are side by side. You're my, in a lot of, I think a lot of times we call it accountability partner. I think it's a lot more than that, but I think it includes that. Um, and I think, Timothy, this is the person that you, that you are, you have gone to, and you said, uh, can I pour into you? Can I, I, I know I don't know much. I know that I'm young, too. I know but can I pour into you? And can I just spend time with you and just love on you by, um, by caring for you and helping be who my Paul is to me? You know, so um, what I wanna see is, is that come to fruition. I believe that that's a calling on the church through, through the Great Commission. And so I wanna, see, um, I wanna see us do that. I wanna see us do that. Awesome. Brian? What are some of the things that God is doing currently at Rev that's been drawing you to? Even to be a shepherd in this, you're excited about being able to be a part of what's already happening. Wow. It I changed that question a little bit. I'm sorry. A little bit. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Think no, <quick>. because, <laughs> you know, the experiences that God has given me over almost the past 30 years through being active duty military and now in the classroom and also in my scholarship at the university, it's now it's starting to, I start to understand why he's given me those experiences because what I see going on at Rev 22 right now are these young men and women coming together with this gravitational pull and this synergy together. They're meeting in small groups they're meeting at school. Uh, we have active duty guard and reserve that are flocking mm -hmm. to this congregation that are sharing discipleship with one another. They're taking that great commission in Matthew 28 to not just make believers, but to make disciples. And exponentially, I see that growing and it's it's kind of crazy how that growth is taking place because some of the folks here that are meeting I mean BSU students are meeting with active duty military and having these discipleship conversations that spreads to Iraq to Afghanistan it spreads that word is spreading through this congregation to the Philippines and it and it's just amazing and it's and it's what the scriptures say should happen. And just to be a part of that, it's, it's daunting, but it's, it's really beautiful and it's, and it's incredible. Awesome. Thank you. John? Stepping into this role, and also because you've had experience as a pastor in that place, what would you encourage kind of the people of Rev, how to pray for the church as a whole, um, for, for us as, as elders, kind of, 
how would you encourage them to be praying for the church? I, and I guess maybe this will be filtered through the, the lens of what, what God's been working on me in, but um, we, we need to be a, a softer people. You know, our the, the culture we're in right now is is very divisive. It's very um, polemic. There, there's 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 almost always a, a duality to everything. There's um, you're either conservative or you're liberal, or you're for black lives or blue lives, or um, this or that. There, there's there's so many things that that are. pitting us against each other. And I, I think the, the way of, of Jesus, what, what we see modeled in the, the New Testament is, is more of a softness, uh, more of an understanding of who God is and who we are in that. And a lot of those things, they, they shut away. You don't have to be right. You don't have to be wrong. You can be okay just being a child of God. And I, I think looking through that lens changes everything. That that's the thing that then it, it's okay to be the 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 Timothy or the, the Paul or the Timothy or the Barnabas to somebody else who's not exactly like you, who who isn't um, doesn't see eye to eye with everything. Um, that, that, that's where we get to be in the exciting place where, where we see the gospel get into um, all, all of these places um, in our, our community and the world and the, the, the deep cracks and crevices in our, our own heart that, um, that we've shut it out of, that, that we won't go to because well, I, I don't want to. It's... it's it's not what I think. It's not what I believe. It's not. We we can just be, we can just be. And I, I, th I think that is where we need to go as a, a people, and, and what we need to beg the Spirit to do in our hearts. That we can be okay with just being with God. Um, there are a couple of things before we, we get to prayer. There's a couple of things I wanted to talk to. Um, kind of feels weird to say this, the us and the they. Like, we are very much the us as well, but we're just up here right now. Um, the scriptures speak very clearly about uh, accountability. Come on, you guys, just grab your seat. They, they, they speak about the accountability of this role and what, the, what that means for elders, but they also speak how the church is supposed to come around uh, the elders as well and the role in that. There's two scriptures that I wanted to, to go to. Mainly because, um, again, I, I touched on it on the front end. A lot of us have a hard time with authority at some points. And I've, I've said this kind of at the men's breakfast or other times. I, I don't feel like we can compartmentalize submission as well as we think we can. So, I mean, if we really struggle to submit to our boss, I think a lot of times that can play out with our submission to the Lord. And, and that, the, that it's really hard to kind of compartmentalize and separate that out as, as well as we think we can. And so... Um, you may have experienced in the past uh, someone that has held this position, misuse it, abuse it, or, or hurt you because of it. I, I want to just ask you to do a couple things. One is, is, is pray for us to not, not do that, to not fall short in that way. Pray for us that we wouldn't be susceptible to the enemy trying to divide and destroy.
But the other I would ask is that I would ask you to kind of put your flag down. If, if, if we haven't done that, don't put a history on us that doesn't belong here just because that's happened elsewhere. And so I would encourage you guys to know that, that, that again, we aren't perfect. We're going to mess up. We have messed up. It's God's grace alone that we continue to move and breathe and live and do anything. You as a, as a church have a role in this. And so two scriptures, 1 Peter uh, 5, actually, I'm going to start with, I don't know, 1 Peter 5, we'll start there, 1 through 5. It says, so I exhort the elders among you, shepherd, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, you who follow, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with all humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hebrews 13, 17, this is the word that we don't like. It says, obey your leaders. Um, let me pause there. We're not going to come in and say, you need to obey me. Like, that's not how that works, okay? That's not the, the process here, but... but the author of Hebrews is telling us to obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. There's a scary part for us. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for the, that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. And so as the church, you have, you have a role where we, we believe that you can say, okay, this is, this is the leadership of where God is taking Revolution 22. This small C church is part of the greater church. We, we want to see the mutual submission to Christ. As we submit to Christ and as you submit to leaders, how that plays out in a beautiful way. And, and again, that word submission and obey kind of carries with it a lot of times a negative connotation. But, but here's why I think it's there. And in the scriptures, we see this. When this functions beautifully, when, when, when the elders stand in submission to the Lord and the calling that's there with, with both fear of the Lord and what he's called them to, but also excitement and honor of being used in that way, and then the, the body of Christ works in that in a, in a beautiful way where they don't just, ju- they don't, it's not that they can't question the authority, but they question in a unifying and beautiful and submissive way. This can be so profoundly beautiful. In fact, this is the way that I think every church desires for it to happen. That's our prayer for this church as well. So, so you guys, as, as the owners of Rev, like, you are definitely like hold, a, like hold us accountable to the call, but, but, but be a joy to lead at the same time. And I think you can ask those questions in a unifying way. You can, any of these guys, if you want to know more about them, I encourage you to buy them a cup of coffee and, and ask anything you want. They are a resource. They're available. In fact, I'll, I'll put their social security number up here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but they're here for you. And they're not, they're not just doing this in some back room. They're here for me. And I, I feel that more than ever. And, and hopefully that affects us as well. And so as, as a church, you, you have a role in this. You, your, your role is to, to not only, um, so when you're questioning something theologically, you don't just flounder in that. You go to your gospel community, and if it can't be answered there, you, you come to, to us to help partner and walk with you. And if we don't know the answer offhand, we'll study it with you. If, you, if, you're, if you're questioning something that the church is doing as a whole, or you don't, you don't, you're struggling with something that maybe could see, be seen negative, this is an opportunity for you to use us as a resource. Not that, again, we have the right answer, but because we believe full-heartedly that God has called us to this position and we hold that with with fear of, of the Lord and what he's calling us to do and submission to his will and his purpose so what we're going to do is I'm going to invite the the families up um, so come on up families I'm going to introduce them real quickly and this is going to be fun because there's going to be lots of kids up here and this will be great and I want you guys to do it and then Mike is going to uh, take over do you want this one Mike would that be easier uh, yes. yeah. okay 
so this is John and Lily and Gabe and Nora and Amy coming back there. <laughs> it's Danny, little Emery, and Elena and Kristen. Ava over here, bud. This is Amy and Nora. And this is Robin, goes with Mike. And then that's Brian and Midori and Dante. And then Sarah will be here at second service. And this is my family. This is Jen, Judah, Ava, Olivia, and Priscilla. And so we'll, we are good to go, Mike. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. So you have these men and their families before you, and this morning we are not just introducing them to you, we're um, taking the next step. Actually, we are, in a sense, commissioning, ordaining them to be elders here at Rev 22. And so, in a sense, when we do that, what we do, the scriptures tell us that we are to lay our hands on these men and their families and commission them. This position that we are praying and commissioning them to is a lifetime position. It's not like, hey, I was an elder for three years and now I rolled off. You never roll off being an elder. You may not serve on the board, but you are always an elder of the church. It's a position of, of pastoring and of caring and of leading. And therefore, these men understand that while they may serve on this board for three to five, six years, uh, this commissioning is a commissioning for life, that they will be elders in the church of Jesus Christ forever and ever, in a sense that they have been commissioned by us. And we have that great privilege this morning to commission them to this. And in doing so, asking Jesus to bless their lives from this day forward and through them bless us and cause this church to grow and become everything that Jesus wants us to be. And so what we're going to do is we're going to join our hearts in prayer together. This morning, we're going to allow you, as part of the congregation, to pray. And there's some kids in here, and if they get noisy, because uh, kids have a tendency to do that, just, just feel free to pray right over them. Um, but what we're going to ask you to do is, if you would like to pray for these men and their families this morning, then we're going to ask you if you would stand um, when you pray, and pray loud enough so that Feel like your voice, you want to fill this room with your voice, okay, so that we can hear you. Um, we're not going to run a mic to you, but we're just going to ask you to pray. And then we're going to join our hearts in prayer with you. And then after y'all pray for a little while and it calms down and ceases, then, we'll, then I will close this in prayer, um, asking God to take these men and use them in our lives and in the lives of this community and in this world for the sake and the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel of good news that those of us who are far away from God can be brought close to him and be brought into his family through trust and faith in the life and the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's pretty good news. No, that's amazing news. And we have the privilege to be part of that through this church here in Boise, Idaho. So if you'd like to pray, then please stand and pray for these men and their family and for this church. And once again, as we do this, this is symbolically us laying our hands on them and commissioning them to the position of being elder. So let's join our hearts in prayer. And if you'd like to pray, just stand where you are and pray. And I'll close this in a few. Father, this morning as these men stand before us, we thank you for your call upon their lives. We thank you for their willingness to respond to that, and I know they've prayed over this and struggled and discussed this with families and friends and people that they perceive as leaders in their lives. 
I know they've sought your guidance, and I know that as they stand here, they do not do so um, without much prayer, soul-searching, and hearing from you, and believing in their hearts that you have indeed called them to be shepherds of this church, to lead us and to guide us, to care for us, to love us, to lead us in the right direction, and to turn us from evil and to turn us to truth. And so, Father, I would pray that as that is what elders do, I would ask that you would fill them up with grace, that you would fill them up with your spirit, and that they would be men who are men after your own heart, that they would love your word and that they would know it, and they would rightly seek to divide it and teach us. God, I pray that you would give them big hearts for your church and big hearts for your people that they would weep with those who weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. God, that they would spend much time on their knees praying for this church, praying for their pastor, praying for one another, praying for the kids that you bring into the church, praying for every individual that comes and calls this place home. God, I pray, too, that you would give them incredible big hearts for people that are outside of this church, people that are lost and far, far away from Jesus. And God, that their heart would become so big that it would spill over on ours and that our church would be known as a church that loves people, but not just loves them, but leads them, those that are lost, to the truth of Jesus Christ. And because of them and because of our church, that in the weeks and months and years ahead, that this congregation and congregations throughout this valley would fill up with people who once did not know Jesus, but know him now because of their ministry and our ministry. God, increase our hearts for the lost. So often we get, and they can get, and Bren can get so focused on just dealing with the needs of the people here, and that's so important. But God, but help us not to be a myopic church, but give us eyes for people that, and hearts for people. And help us to weep for people that are far away from you. So God, do great things in our church, not because Bren is great and not because the elders are great. And not even because this congregation is great. But because you break our hearts and that you would keep us humble. And that you would keep our eyes focused upon you. And that these men would always be pointing us to the heart of Jesus and the heart of the Father. In worship, in evangelism, in love, in grace, in mercy, that we would worship and honor you because our hearts are turned to you because these men are leading us that way. God, this is a big task. It's a task that you not only put on them, but you also put on their families in a way. And so we pray for their families. We pray for their wives, that they would encourage these men. And there's going to be nights and weekends and times when they're going to have to give up time with their families to love and care for this flock. And I pray that you would give their families grace and understanding. And that they would see in these men not perfection, but an amazing love and desire to serve Jesus Christ. And God, we would pray that we would see that too. And that as we would move forward as a church, that because of the leadership that you've raised up here, we would go forward as I prayed before. 
with the gospel, loving people and leading people to Jesus. And as that happens, those of us in this congregation, I pray that we would grow up in our faith so that as a church, that you would look at us and we would experience your smile, your pleasure, and your peace and grace and blessing in the weeks and months and years ahead. We pray these things for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And we pray it in his name. Amen.